Come on, man. Patriots, welcome to episode 137 of the Patriot Review. At uh, we've been going for about three years now, so I am so happy to be on Blessed News, uh, and we've got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff behind us. So if you haven't seen us before Blessed News, uh, check us out on Rumble and on a website RedBloodedPatriots.com. It's RedBloodedPatriots.com, or the documentary website, America First Productions, the number one ST, AmericaFirstProductions.com, and that's, again, what I do the documentaries under. So one of the things that I wanted to, I was thinking about before the show was just the, the term patriots, and the normally on these shows, people refer to, obviously, the American citizens as patriots, and particularly those who serve in the military, uh, you know, they have uh, uh, maybe a different uh, definition or a, a more restricted definition. I think of patriots as, as those who served along with them, at least some of them have told me that. But the, really the term patriots is for all of you out there that believe in a free humanity. And we look around at what's happened in the show just before mine here, the Alpha Warrior, you know, did a great job talking about the plans to use AI and the plans to uh, really take over the, over the world and monitor everything, uh, you know, and, and take your freedoms away. So uh, when, one of the things that's really cool about doing what I do is, first of all, I meet a lot of great people, a lot of great patriots. And secondly, those patriots are from all over the world. And that's what I think we need to do is we need to elevate this and send the message that it's not just Americans who are going to push back against this uh, this new world order agenda. And we need to start really fostering those connections and those relationships with people all around the world. And one of the things that is, is cool about doing what I do is that I see, I can see who's on my website, for example, for where they're from anyway, you know. And um, I get people from all over the world coming to my websites and checking out you know what I'm doing and some of that I hope is I hope it's all good but some of that you know maybe is a surveillance state but uh, but it's really cool because there people around the world care about freedom and we tend to think in our own little bubble sometime that you know it's just it's just what we're doing and what we need to do in America now the fact is that America is the last bastion of course America as Reagan said if America falls then the whole world falls with it but um, I think that we have to look back to our history and learn from it, whether you're talking about the Revolutionary War and the support of uh, the French, uh, you know, or um, the Civil War and, and um, the countries around the world that, um, that, that helped us win that war as a United Nation. Um, so there's dependence and interaction 
worldwide. And I think that that's what we have to, that's how we have to look at it. And what a message it would send if there was a strong bond from many nations and we are all sending the same message. And that message is hell no, you're not going to take our freedom away. So I was just thinking about that. I'd love to know what you think about that. And um, there are there are some, uh, obviously there's plenty of organizations that are trying to do that, but we need to elevate those. And one of those, I showed a video uh, yesterday uh, and uh, that came from Stop, Stop World Control. And as I mentioned, David Sorensen after the video, and uh, that's one group that does just a fantastic job if you haven't heard of them. And uh, I really recommend that you check them out. All right, so let's get into it. In the signal, so we're going to start off with climate change. Climate scientist tells John Stossel climate change narrative is manufactured consensus. So do you remember when O'Reilly was still on Fox and he was talking about this and he was talking about the hockey stick, you know, the famous hockey stick and the, the uh, you know, Al Gore profiteering off of uh, the whole thing and telling kids in school that the parents, your parents don't know what they're talking about. Your parents aren't intelligent people, blah, 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 whatever he said, but that's what it amounted to. And, and uh, O'Reilly uncovered or at least reported on the fact that the hockey stick was was basically a was not basically definitely a farce a false claim and that the scientists behind it in the world community were sending emails back and forth about the fact that it was not true and there were hundreds of emails exchanged that that uh, proved that and and you know a couple times I see things and then all of a sudden you don't hear about them much anymore and they disappear and that's kind of one of them for me and so this says, you know, the narrative is manufactured, right? Um, just read this real quick. A once darling of climate climate alarmism community turned skeptic. Climate scientist Judith Curry told John Stossel that the man-made climate change narrative is manufactured consensus because researchers found they could make money pushing it. The video released on Tuesday pointed out how some scientists take aggressive attempts to hide the data that shows that climate change isn't a crisis. She said they do ugly things, such as avoiding Freedom of Information Act requests, trying to get journal editors fired. The origins go back to the UN Environmental Program, Curry said about the climate change industry. She noted that some UN officials were motivated by anti-capitalism. Gee, what's happening in the world today? How are they using this to take your rights away? How are they, well, let me give you a couple quick examples. Number one. You look in California and the mandate to go to electric cars and think about what that's going to do to to California and their, and their electrical system that they're already experienced brown, brownouts with. And, um, you know, again, taking your freedoms away, deciding what your thermostat can be set at, deciding, you know, what um, uh, what your time frame or window for light usage is at and all this stuff that, these crazies really want to do um, so and it gets crazier um, let's look at this story analysis finds the EPA new climate rule would cause rolling blackouts in a large portion of the Midwest so here we go you know this this um, California they say is what's coming to the rest of the country unfortunately and um, in this example it looks like that is correct so uh, proposed environmental EPA uh, regulations for power plant emissions could spur blackouts 
in the mid-continent independent system operator uh, power grid region and cost stakeholders nearly $250 billion in the coming decades, according to comments filed in response to the rule by the Center of American Experiment. The average annual cost to stakeholders of building enough capacity to stave off the blackouts CAE projects in the MISO region is greater than the average annual benefit the EPA estimates its proposals will bring. <clears throat> so here we go again. You know, the, oh man, the, the, <laughs> the evidence of, you know, the fact that these people don't give a flying you-know-what about the citizens of the world and the citizens of this country or freedom or anything. And this guy that's in this picture right here is, uh, in my opinion, one of the worst criminals in history, committed treason many times and uh, really should be should be impeached immediately and, and for treason and not just, you know, not just BS issues. Um, so here's... As long as we're talking about that guy, let's go to here. Damning picture uncovered of Biden on Air Force Two, deeply, deeply compromised. And doesn't he look different? I mean, you know, a lot of people say that there's doubles and everything else. And this picture makes me want to believe it because he looks certainly different. And his ears look different at different times, too. So I don't know what your feelings about that, but I just noticed that. Uh, so here, this story is about um, Biden's 2015 trip to the Ukraine, the same one right, the same one that he was was making threats uh, to withhold their their funding, their aid, right? And you know this guy's attention span. So, I mean, this conversation um, really brings that into light. So I'm going to go to this, and hopefully this uh, follows me there. Okay. Um, the picture was taken on his plane on Air Force Two, and there it is. And uh, so what it is, is he's being briefed by Amos Hochstein, who, who obviously, um, he was coordinating with Hunter Biden and Burisma, this, this Amos Hochstein. And here he is talking to Biden before that trip to the Ukraine. And what, you know, I may be odd, but what, what really kind of throws me off in this picture is that here we have three American citizens sitting here listening to this. Uh, and surely, you know, this, this guy is not smart enough to, to withhold what he's actually doing. So my guess is the conversation exposed him. He uh, arrogantly did not believe that he could ever be, you know, ever be punished for anything that he does that's my belief so so it's interesting that um, this came out and uh, here we go we have much more data to to show that you know this guy is more than compromised so then this question comes along and I talked about China a little bit yesterday so how will we respond to China's current push into the Arctic um, answer we won't <laughs> that's the answer that China China will do whatever the heck they please and um, you know that's that's the fact of the matter, and that's the signal for today. And PoliticalSignal.com is where I go and I get that stuff. They have a lot of articles that are kind of off the the beaten path, if you will, and um, it's just a good site to find a lot of different stories that you won't find anywhere else, and and also catch up on the stuff that everybody else is talking about, quite honestly. But all right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back.
after we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And, um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Hey, if you want to go get some Kingdom Fuel, you can do that at Sherwood.tv slash uh, the Patriot Review and our TPR, and you can go get that and get a good deal on it. Uh, also, my pillow slippers are on sale for like 25 bucks, and the code there is TPR. You can go to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com and check those out. Um, I've had mine, and I've um, basically beat them up and worn them uh, <laughs> every day since I got them. They're extremely comfortable, so I would highly recommend those. Um, very proud to have back on the show my guest, Gayla Pruitt, who is joining me from her home, I believe, or she is in a bunker heading out. And um, I got to see, are you, are you muted, Gayla, or are you on? I think I'm on. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. <laughs> there you are. It just scoot over just a little bit to your left, so you're more in the middle. I've got uh, this frame capture thing going on, and um, yeah, that's much better. Thanks. So how are you today? I'm okay. How are you doing? 
I'm doing well. We've got some heavy storms going through here, so if I um, suddenly cut out and disappear, it's it's not because of our our our, um, our policies due to climate change that I was just talking about before you came on. But um, mm -hmm. so Gala is a contributor to the Patriot Review and also a an author and uh, has a plan that she wants to talk about today, which is a nine point plan that has to do with restoring our medical freedoms, and that is something that you know that I'm very passionate about and with uh, the documentary that I produced, Breaking the Oath and, and stuff. And one thing that I've seen, Gala, is people who are are victims of, of this system that has really, I mean, to me, I look at it and it's like it just kind of went all to hell overnight. But other people, you know, they bring up, hey, this little bit happened, this, this came in increments and you know, and it's the same thing they do with the other freedoms that I want. They want to take away from us. It's a little bit, you know, death by a thousand cuts type of thing. And um, so, first of all, welcome back. It's an honor to have you as a part of the show. And today we'll get to spend, you know, quite a bit of time the rest of the show uh, talking about this. So, how would you like to kick off? Well, I like what you said about it's a little bit at a time because I think that's even what we're still seeing. I don't think what happened to us and is happening to hundreds and thousands of people is happening to everyone. So it kind of brings up to me, I think it's mostly confined to like the ICUs and then um, nursing homes and things like that. So it's the more, more vulnerable people, really. And I'm probably going to butcher this saying, but you've heard, you know, they came from they came from my they came from my neighbor down the road. I did nothing. They came from my neighbor next to me. Mm -hmm. I did nothing. Now they're coming for me. And so I think sometimes some of the disbelief the hospital experience can be different. And I think even for hospital workers, because I was listening to a group the other day and they say it's kind of confined a lot of this into the ICU. So the other departments, some of them don't even know that it's going on in their own hospital. So I think that's part of our um, battle is to try to get the word out, you know, before it happens to you, it's going to happen to you is what one of the nurses I've talked to, the standard of care, it's going to affect you and you're going to be shocked just like I was. I was shocked that they weren't really, to me at the end, trying to help my husband anymore other than to help him die. So I think that's our big challenge. We really, if you've had anything happen like this or know of anyone, please encourage them. I'm trying to get our Congress to know and I know there are some fighters in there and so no one's looking into this. No one's investigating this. And we get I get a lot of pushback, and I think a lot of people do when you try to even talk to someone in the legal system. I spoke with right. them the other day, and they just looked at me. <laughs> like, when I said, you know, they do give drugs to hasten death. That's They do that. Right. right. Yeah, end-of-life care is what it's called. Yes. I mean, it's, a, <clears throat> it's got a specific name. Yes. And so you, speaking of lawyers, you had um, you had uh, wanted me to pull a video from Tom Renz, who's one of the most active lawyers in this area and others. Uh, and I do have that. If you want to, if you want me to show that, just tell me when, and I, I can do that. Um, but yeah, I think to your point, you know, I mean, this is the same stuff that you you would hear from um, from Nazi Germany, you know, and. I, People, you know, they always uh, react when you bring up Nazi Germany in comparison. But the sad fact is, there's a lot of comparison. <laughs> there's a lot of parallels that that exist, and uh, you know, that's that's uh, that's something that they always said was, you know, 
I knew I knew Jews. I had Jews as my best friends, and and you know, they did come for people down the streets. And then I was shocked that they came for my best friends. And then, lo and behold, you know, they started exterminating people. And and let's face it, they knew that that was going on as well. Um, and by that time, it was too late. So, so you talked about um, uh, the fact that some people some parts or of the staff within a given hospital might not know that it's going on and you know i've got a daughter that works in the in the hospital and when she saw breaking the oath uh she was very kind and you know hey you know it's good it's good and everything else you know but she had a uh, had a difficult time believing it and had to and had to kind of uh, uh i think in in a in a self-defense mechanism had to kind of deny that it wasn't even a possibility, uh, despite what's all around us. And I think that's part of the problem is people people just don't want to admit that this kind of stuff is is actually possible, do they? No, and I think I mean I'm so I love my country, and I still think it's the greatest country in the world. But I think that's sometimes a handicap because we're like, well, this is America. We would right. do this in America. I mean. That's kind of how I would think we wouldn't do this in America. But I think, um, yeah, it's even even for us, the experience in two of the other hospitals we were in were, was not like the last hospital. And granted, my husband was even, um, well, he had an infection by that time. But so there was different experiences even for us. But um, so I do think, yes, for people working in the healthcare field, some of them don't see this, but there are others who I've talked to that do and have left. I had an ER doctor and I've quoted her some of her things before, but um, she even said, you know, she's been a doctor for a very, very long time. And she says, 20 years ago, we had a motto, we do everything we can. And like it was one of our family members. And she said the older doctors that she knows that they're not seeing this in recent years it's uh you know we tried kind of a thing and so mm. and to set up the video that you mentioned this is a healthcare worker that i have spoken with on the phone and i don't know how much i can share um i know her attorney i think she's already been interviewed by him publicly but she um, was one of the people in charge of the drugs and she'd worked in there for years the hospital that she was at and she would not approve the dosages because she felt they were lethal. And so she started recording things and she was ultimately mm -hmm. fired for standing up. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I have spoken to her personally on the phone for over an hour, hour and a half. And the story is just horrific. And she's one of the brave ones standing up. I mean, she's lost her job. You know, she had been doing this for years and um so she's lost her profession just because she was wanting to do the right thing and not kill people <laughs> so right i mean that's 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 so evil and so disheartening um i'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the show that preceded me and in in about um something that occurred there but this, so this is a, a conversation between two hospital workers right and this 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 gal that you're talking about is one of them. Yeah. Uh, so I'll play that and then we'll be right back. I didn't even ask for this transfer. 
but because, I mean, did you know the politics? If you complain or stir it, right. they're going to shut you yeah. up and move you out. Yeah, because I... But I, I couldn't live I with my... I asked our teacher, I say, uh, okay, are we hospice floor? What's, what's the deal? She said that Dr. Spiegel mm -hmm. said this floor is going to be his patients. So I was like, hmm. So you're going to have to always do the... So we are we're killing the patients this floor. Because mm -hmm. what he's asking us, well, other floors don't want to do it. Yeah. I couldn't sleep at night. I, I just... And then when that nurse practitioner, when you got that patient to do the morphine, and you're like, she doesn't need it. And I was just like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's not right. They're okay. They're okay. If they're comfortable, they're comfortable. We can tell when they're in pain. We can tell when they're agitated. We can tell when they're whatever. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make that you keep giving them medication just to knock them out. Because mm -hmm. apparently that's what you were doing. Because I remember that day you were like, you got the other nurses to come in and say, and I'm just like, I know, that's what they're doing. Wow. So, you know, that story is all too common. And um, we had the same type of thing with Grace Shara's death, and we had the same type of thing with uh, Sarah Mitchell and... Um, Stacey Grenzik, who, you know, both lost their husbands as well, but they lost their husbands specifically to COVID. And in your case, that was not the case, yet they say they still did the end of care stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, they, your husband was not in there for COVID. And, and mm -hmm. um, so, so what does this gal have to say when you talk to her? Well, basically, you know, that's pretty much the gist of it from what that video was but that she was getting orders and she could not fill them and she even contacted people in her state that should investigate things she contacted I believe a, a board to investigate and um, this was a Catholic hospital and she said I'm Catholic I can't kill people and so um, I'm not sure about all her story I think they transferred her and then just it just got worse wow. and worse and during this time she did record she recorded a lot of the things that happened there so she has um records of what was said and um so i mean it's been a while since i've spoken with her but um and i do want to be careful how much i say because i don't know sure. how much of her story she wants out and i will make one mention because i've said that before too a lot of the people who's um, lost loved ones in the hospital during the covid epidemic they don't say I lost my husband or my wife to COVID. Yeah, they were murdered. Yeah, it was to the for the protocol. And um, yep. one thing, and you may have shared this before too, and I'm not sure if I have, but if anyone has a story like that and they're wanting support, a really good group is the former feds group. And um, I do have a link on my website if you go to galapruitt.com and click on the vitamin C. But I think it's formerfeds.org or it's .com. But they're collecting uh, all kinds of stories. They have hundreds and hundreds of interviews that they have collected on their website with people who believe their people were, they use the word murdered in the hospital. So, um, and they've been, they've been fighting it. And the, yeah, the similarities between what happened to my husband and them are just, I couldn't believe it. Here we go. 
Yeah, someone told me, oh, they used the COVID protocol on him. And I didn't even know what that meant. I mean, I'd heard about COVID, but I hadn't really, we hadn't had anyone in the hospital with it. So yeah, not feeding him, not, um, and giving him all these drugs and just writing him off as terminal and DNR when they decided it was that without letting me know. Right. Yeah, I've got your website up now. It's, uh, the, the link is formerfedsgroup.org. Um, so, yeah, so let's talk about when we come back, i got to take a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about your plan and, and really dedicate some time to your plan because that's, uh, that's important, and we certainly want to certainly want to get that out. So we'll be right back, and thank we'll you. go through your plan. Okay, It's me, Wayne Alaroot, otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Alaroot, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander in chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website blessed.news where you can stream all the shows for free or you can sign up for blessed plus for even more access to raw and unfiltered with me Wayne Allen Root the hardest working man in show business thank you and God bless America Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights I'm Ann Vandersteel I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. All right, we are back. We are back. Um, I just saw your text, so I'm glad you found the link. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so much going on right before the show. I'm uh, 
I'm usually pretty frazzled. You know, I'm getting older, so. No, I understand. You're, you're, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the plan. Call to action, the Peter Pruitt Medical Free Will Restoration Plan. I have it up on the screen. I'm going to switch to full screen so we can we can read along with you. So um, take the con out of healthcare, repeal certificate of need laws, and allow caring doctors to open their own hospitals. In 2008, the U.S. Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission called these laws a violation of antitrust measures and claimed repealing the laws would give consumers and patients more choices and better service. All right, so you got more about that in Chapter 5 of your book, Vitamin C. What do you want to say about that one? Um, well, during the, the pandemic, I um, had made some contact with some doctors that were wanting in our state to open a hospital. And they were people who believed in the, um, you know, using other things than what was the standard protocol for um, COVID. And they had backing, they had a building, um, and they were not allowed to do that because of something called certificate of need. And I had never heard of that before. So I did some research and it's not just my state, 35 states have some form and, and Washington DC have some form of certificate of need laws. And it has nothing to do with safety or anything like that, you would still have to, uh, you know, uphold the same safety standards, hopefully better. <laughs> and, right. and that it's just, it's not allowing competition. So in my book, I kind of liken it to, if you had a, you were a donut shop owner, or you wanted to open a donut shop, and you went to your city council and had to get a permit or whatever to open a donut shop. Well, they would invite all the donut, other donut shop owners in your town to see if you should be able to open your donut shop. So they <laughs> they consult with existing hospitals. And I don't know if they're part of the hearing. It probably depends from state to state to decide, well, is this really needed? And so to me, it just stifles competition. It keeps doctors. Sure. Yeah. And so it lessens our choices for the healthcare that we want to have. I mean, there was no complimentary treatments whatsoever, even though my husband had benefited from them before in the hospital, you couldn't do them. And even though with sepsis, they had a horribly high failure rate in the hospital that he was in, according to a government website, between uh, 31 and 41% success rate, that's it, with sepsis. Wow. And nationwide, wow. it's 58%. So Wow, that's terrible. Well, I say the worst place to go is the hospitals. That's where you get sick, right? Well, yeah. I, yeah. I do believe he got the infection in the hospital. and then Well, I believe yeah. it too. So, so that, to me, needs to be... Um, there was also an additional report in 2004. They basically said the same thing. Um, and I can read from it if you would like a little excerpt. Sure. Go ahead. Um, more concretely, competition can result in new and improved drugs cheaper generic alternatives to branded drugs, treatments with less pain and fewer side effects, and treatments offered in a manner and location consumers desire. Vigorous competition promotes the delivery of high-quality, cost-effective healthcare, and vigorous antitrust enforcement helps protect competition. And this is from our own government in 2004. Right. You know, right. the DOJ and the Federal Trade Commission, this was a, a whole report they made, improving healthcare, a dose of competition. And look how long ago this was, and they're still in place. Right, right. Well, they're too busy doing other things like, you know, changing the names of schools to be more yep. 
whatever. Staring down um, statues. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so that's a good one. And how many states did you say had laws? 35 have some form wow. of, of that. And I have a link on my website there, too, that people can click on and they can look at it. It's from the Division of Cities and something. So it's wow. a, it's also a somewhat. Sounds, yeah. Sounds sorry. Sounds completely un-American to me. That's to me what I'm discovering about healthcare. how much control. Um I've even heard, and I don't know if how far widespread that is, but locally there's non-compete agreements that doctors have to sign. So if a doctor doesn't sure. like what's happening in the hospital that he's at, if he leaves that one, he can't go to another one in the same town. So he pretty much has to uproot his family and move like three or four hours away. So, yeah, there's a lot of things. I think if we would free up the system, some of the things would be right. themselves because that's America, right? We have free right. market and, you know. So. Well, the other thing that needs to happen is, um, you know, they, they need to give, they need to, well, number two on your plan. That's what needs to happen. They need to restore the patient rights. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I went to my doctor. He had his office above a J.C. Penney's store. And you walked up the steps, and if you wanted to, let's say you had uh, uh, something you needed antibiotics for, I mean, you just called him, and he said, yeah, sure, come on in, I'll give you some, and whatever. And, of course, you know, that's maybe not always the right thing to do. But my point is, is that you had much more freedom there. So what things specifically do you target when you when you mean restoring patient rights? Well, I think if you want to try a treatment, especially when they have such a dismal rate and you're not, I wasn't asking to discontinue what they were doing, um, not at the beginning. And then, like I said, I didn't know later all the drugs they were giving him. But I even said, okay, what about the right to try law? Right. And I was told, well, that gives you the right to ask. I thought, oh, we, always yes. had, <laughs> I thought we always had the right to ask. And I even told them, I'll sign any papers you want me to sign. Please, please just give it to him. And I think we had one doctor in the first hospital he was in because we had some of that there, too. And he did say, yeah. you are the captain of your ship. I right. think people should be allowed to be the captain of their ship, of their own body when they are sick. And like I said, no, I'm that's, not only, that's only an abortion. Well, yeah, um, see, that's what I'm saying. It's not. Yeah. And I don't agree with him that either <laughs> yeah yeah well we don't you know it's so restoring patient rights is the right to try and also the informed consent and i'll be talking with uh with dr uh, moon on tuesday of next week now she got terminated her contract terminated from washington state university mm -hmm. for having the audacity to testify before the senate that informed consent wasn't being met wow and it's just nonsense that, I mean, the jackbooted thugs are out in full force. So we definitely need to fight back for patient rights. Uh, number three, you have hospital doctors uh, should consult with primary care physicians and specialists and the primary doctors should have input to pa on patient care. That seems to make sense. Mm -hmm. Well, so, um, anyone who's been in a hospital recently probably realizes every few days, sometimes it's every seven days, if you're in there long enough, they they trade out doctors all the time. So no one really sure. 
<laughs> is your doctor. And my husband did have a very caring oncologist. And he, um, he even said, and he reached out to them at this last hospital and he gave me his cell number. I wrote it on the board. Every doctor that came in, I said, please consult with his oncologist. Please call him. He wants to talk with you. No one did. I asked him repeatedly, has anyone contacted you? No. He even had a drug that was going to help my husband's blood counts that was a brand new drug. And um, so he had gotten that. That was the purpose of it anyway. Obviously, we didn't get to try it to see. And I mentioned it to them and they go, we never heard of that. And they did no investigation. It was almost like we know best. We've never even met your husband before, but we know best. We don't need to talk to anybody else. And that shouldn't be up to them. We had a primary no. care physician for his illness. They should have needed to consult with him and at least hear what he had to say about my husband's condition. And that was not well, yeah, I mean, so much of this stuff it blows people away, and you were talking about this is the United States of America mm -hmm. that that is something that a doctor who was originally part of the breaking the oath project and dropped out because he was being threatened mm -hmm. told me that you know the biggest problem we have in the United States is our normalcy bias, and I mentioned that on the show quite a bit and and that is. You know, you just don't expect to find these types of behaviors in a, in a country that's supposed to be free. Yeah. And you you look around and it's everywhere. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. You can't you can no longer speak out about how you want your kids educated. You can't you know you 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 can't have any kind of a stance on gender or yeah. uh, all that stuff. So I don't want to. I'm getting off base here or going down a rabbit hole here. But I mean, it's and it's everywhere. That's my point. It kind of all goes together. And it's happening. Right. It's it just I think that's why I don't understand why people are having such a hard time believing this is happening. It's progressive right. in our society. And so why wouldn't it happen to the most vulnerable, the sick, right. the old and then the preborn babies? We know that happens and, to preborn babies. So and now we're normalizing pedophilia. And I'm, yeah. I've been working on something um, I haven't talked about, but I've got some some pretty uh i've got an interesting show to do on that whole thing but um been doing a little investigative work on that and um man i tell you what i found so far is scary but this is scary stuff too so number four is required toxicology testing to monitor fentanyl levels and other narcotics and um, i'll just pause there to say that this is how you mentioned that you're captain of your own ship well this is how they take the captain out of it mm -hmm. they they sedate people so they can't tell them what they how they want to be treated and your husband was a victim of that as well uh, so so they monitor the fentanyl and other narcotics uh, in the hospital setting to ensure patients don't experience a doctor prescribed fatal overdose and that is exactly how they have been murdered not only nationwide but worldwide this is a worldwide thing right Oh, yeah. And um, I haven't researched that as much, but yes. And I guess I just assume if it's happening here, it's definitely <laughs> happening worldwide. And um, well, you know, they they sedated my husband for days even before the fentanyl. And I didn't realize that either with the Presidex. I found out he had Presidex off and on sometimes long, at, you know, like more than 24 hours and so yeah i mean i i couldn't communicate with him even before they started the fentanyl and all these things could have contributed to his 
they kept saying it was sepsis, low blood pressure and breathing issues. And then eventually he was in, he had, he never had any heart problems or he was healthy except for having leukemia, yes. which I know it sounds kind of weird when I say that, but his organs function just fine. Right. And yeah, and they start shutting down yep. when they do all this. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we have another break coming, another break here where time is flying by us, but we'll try to get through all these uh, when we come back. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to com slash the Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a moth from the gym, Add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. All right, we are back. We are on number five, Gala. It says uh, test it says test functional vitamin C levels. Make modified Myers cocktail infusions available for patients who request them in the hospital setting and other IV nutrient supplementation and provide doctors knowledgeable in their usage. That would be helpful. Yes, it would. Well, um, when my I, I have a lot of research in my book that talks about, um, well, Dr. Paul Merrick had a report, and I'm sure you're familiar with him. Mm -hmm. He's under major attack. I think mm -hmm. him and Pierre Corey just had their license revoked for standing up. Um, 
So he mentions in there 40% of ICU patients have vitamin C levels that would be considered scurvy. And that's another thing I don't think we realize. We think scurvy is something a long time ago, but there's something about the body and infection, at least from the research that I uncovered, that it just eats up your vitamin C. And we don't make vitamin C. We're one of the few mammals that does not make our own vitamin C. Other animals, they say, well, their vitamin C production will shoot up when they're sick. And us, we well, just eat it that. up. Yeah, we eat it up. And so we don't have it. So um, when they refused to give my husband the intravenous vitamin C that I had records to show that it had really raised his white count from just one infusion, they refused to give it to him. So, um, and I shared those records with them. They still refused. So I said, well, will you please at least test his vitamin C level? Because I'm thinking, okay, we'll come from it that way. They'll test it. They'll see it's really low and then they'll do it. No, they wouldn't do it. No, we're not going to do that. It won't do any good. They refused. So there again, patient rights. I mean, I had power of attorney. I was asking for something to me that's not unreasonable and um, they wouldn't do it. So I think that should be, I read another doctor and it might have been Dr. Merrick. Everybody who comes in the emergency room, that should be one of the standard tests is your vitamin C level to see how low or where it's at. And they should start it then, right then, because right. it would prevent a What's lot of things. What's the harm? I mean, what's the harm in doing that? That's that's insanity. And actually, that's what they kept quoted, quoting was, oh, we do no harm. Do no harm. We can't give him vitamin C. Yet they're giving him all these drugs that all have the possibility of major side effects. But they well, that's why vitamin C. That's that's why I chose breaking the oath, because that's exactly what happened is the, the oath. The oath doesn't exist anymore. The oath does. But the the adherence to it doesn't. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, let's take number six. Make complementary and alternative medicine and integrative and functional medicine a standard part of hospital care. Require functional doctors and doctors knowledgeable of complementary treatments in all hospital departments. I love that one. Yeah. Well, and it kind of goes with the other one because mm -hmm. when people are the, so sick, it's not really something that people should be learning. They should already have people that know these things that could work with the more mainstream doctors and they be a team and the patient wants these things or they should have input that this, I think this could help them. And they would even know what to test for. Because like I said, they don't test for vitamin C in the hospital. They test for lots of things, but vitamin C is left off of there and then they won't even do it if you ask. So yeah, I think that needs to be, there are doctors who do these things. I wasn't asking for anything that was, I wasn't mixing this up in my kitchen sink. Doctors had done this. And so why can't you do these things? So if you have these doctors in the hospital that already know how to do these things, I think right. I think it would keep medical costs down as well if you want to look at it from that way because people wouldn't get as sick. You could do right. interventions before it gets so bad. Well, you know, this makes me think when you're talking about this, it makes me think of, you know, the reason behind why so many doctors have their hands in the same person's case uh, and that is so they can de depersonalize everything so instead of going to more personalized care like what you're describing you depersonalize everything and i've used this example before it's like a firing squad no one knows who really has the bullet nobody has to feel accountable for it because everybody's in and out and um, you know it's the poor nurses who end up having the guilty conscience because they know exactly what's going on 
and uh, they're the ones that are on shift on a repeated basis and yeah. and uh, yeah so so number seven and, and number eight um, are very interesting let doctors be doctors doctors thinking outside the box to help patients when the corporate model has nothing to offer face losing their licenses and we've been talking about that and makes it so hard to get uh, them to really be have the freedom to help their patients uh, make uh, many uh, anecdotal you're really throwing the words at me many anecdotal stories tell of a compliment of, of complementary treatments being a patient's last hope to saving their life and again we go to right to try right yeah. so let the doctors be doctors and let the doctors um, follow their training and their education and um, and do what they're supposed to do and I think you hit it you know in number nine you hit it uh, right out of the park because yeah. The doctors aren't controlling the healthcare anymore. It's some schmuck administrator in the hospital who says, hey, we can get rich if we follow these protocols, or hey, um, we got to worry about, you know, lawsuits, or hey, we got to, we got to, you know, follow what the insurance company guidelines are, right? Well, and um, Epic Times had a, a very interesting article, and you probably already know all this, but I hadn't really seen it laid out like that before, and um, they had looked at Obamacare, and there's so much more in Obamacare than we know. Oh yeah, than I know. <laughs> but I, they kind of likened it, if I'm understanding it correctly, that you have this diagnosis, you have this code, you do this protocol, and if you deviate, right. the hospital is docked by the government. They do not get certain federal dollars, and so if you deviate and do anything different, they dock the hospital. Well, and if you're the doctor doing that. You think the hospital is going to tolerate that if you're causing them to lose money you're not going to be mm -hmm. working there very long and well this is why you had to pass the bill before you could see what's in yeah. it because they knew they knew that that they were basically putting the system in place that also by the way uh flat out states that euthanasia is going to be part of this system and you know mentions uh contribution to society and all this bs that come straight out of the 1920s and, and early 30s before the Nazis thankfully showed really what euthanasia is like and um, and and it silenced that whole movement for a while and here we are now and I mean these these people that uh, Obama and all these people that put Obamacare through and the rhinos who did nothing really to stop it mm -hmm. they're all criminals in my mind and they're all murderers by uh, by allowing this to to take to take place and to take hold in this country, so let doctors be doctors. Absolutely, I love number eight. Establish a nurses' council within hospitals. Give give the nurses some more power and and some voice because they're the ones that were futilely saying things. And so many of them now. You watch the videos of of them, and um, I mean their their lives have been destroyed. They're dealing with the with the the guilt of this or the loss of their jobs or the, um, the the visions that they have of of the victims of this yeah when we were in the hospital i mean it was the nurses and they they especially in the first two hospitals i never got that feeling in the third one but um i think they were more interested in just keeping him out so they didn't have to do anything but 
um, they really cared about my husband and they were the ones who saw him day after day. And um, they're the ones that came up with some of the treatment options and they would ask the doctors. And so even the albumin that I talk a lot about, that came from a nurse. She's like, well, why haven't they tried that? I didn't even know that existed. So yes, nurses need to me. And the nurses also were the ones who wanted the caps that my husband had on his pick line that would have maybe helped with some things and they would not listen to them. So yes, I do believe caring nurses need more of a say and they need to listen to them. They are the ones, like you said, that are there day after day and they, they develop a bond with your, your, um, you know, even mm -hmm. the patient or yourself that's there more than a doctor who comes in for 10 minutes and then goes away. And sometimes well, let's face it, doctors are notoriously egomaniacs as well. And, oh. and, uh, so they don't form that bond because I don't know, maybe they have to be somewhat psychotic to even do to be a doctor these days. But so number nine is take the healthcare decisions out of the out of the hands of insurance companies and administrators. And we talked about that a little bit, but um, that has simply got to happen and people have to stand up, you know, and, uh, I, you know, the thing is, whether you're talking about child protective services that have now been shown to traffic children or you're talking about our hospitals, our infrastructure is failing in this country. People are afraid to go to 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 hospitals. People are afraid, you know, what's going to happen if they go here or there or talk to their school board or whatever. I mean, all this stuff is being purposely done for chaos. And um, I'm going to let you wrap it up because we're already out of time here. But um, you have some slides that we'll certainly get to the next time you're on. <laughs> Gayla is doing a segment called Eyes to, Eyes to See. And... Um, we look forward to having you on and, and uh, continuing the discussion on what needs to happen around these issues. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, and you want to just tell people where they can go to find this information and um, anything else you want to say in closing? Yeah, they can go to my website, Gayla Pruitt, and it's P-R-E-W-I-T-T. Dot com and click on the vitamin C tab. I also have some on my homepage and I'm just encouraging people to please speak out. We're not, you're not alone. I think sometimes people think, oh, this is just unique. This just happened to me. And the more voices that we can get to collect, call your state reps and senators, call your congressmen, make your voices heard. We have to get these stories out. We have to stop what's happening. Amen. Everybody have a blessed weekend. Gayla, thanks so much for being here again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.